You may be seated. Welcome here. In the second Sunday of Advent, the theme is peace. So you can keep that in mind as we go through the service today. For announcements, you can look in your bulletins to see what's going on this week and in the community. So one thing to note is that this Friday is the Christmas concert at church. There's no time there, but it will start at 7 o'clock. And if you want to be part of that evening with sharing a song or a reading or a little skit or anything like that, um, you can talk to Amber Wright, and she will make sure that the program gets laid out. Um, so there's a couple people doing some, some songs. We'll for sure have group carol singing. So please talk to her if you would like to share something as well. On Thursday morning, there's Moms and Tots group at the church, so if you know someone who fits into that category with a kiddo under kindergarten age, I think, you're allowed to come, and so that'll be here at 10 o'clock, and there's a come-and-go 90th birthday celebration for Tina Taves next Sunday, the 17th, from 2 to 5. So a couple other announcements to add. This is the last Sunday to sign the Christmas card for Travis and Rosie Zacharias. So it's on the little table behind where the wreath is in the foyer. So please, everyone, sign your name, wish them well. And if you have um, money to add to a little Christmas gift of cash for them, you can put that in the tin on that same table. And if you have little Christmas cards or pictures of your family that you want to include in the envelope, we'll send that all down at once. So you can add that. Um, Also, there's help needed to set up for the funeral this afternoon, so if you're able and able-bodied and would like to help out in that way, please stay after the service to help set up tables and chairs. Are there any other announcements to add? If not, then I would like to call up the candle lighters for today. Every year, for the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, we celebrate the season of Advent a season when we look forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, both in the manger as well when he will one day come again. And this year, during the Advent season, we focus on four feelings, four truths that we experience as we wait for the arrival of our Lord. For this, the second week of Advent, we focus on peace, in John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives, and do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. And now we light two candles. The first is the candle of hope that we lit last week to remind us our hope is well placed in our Lord. The second is the peace candle. As we watch it burn, let us be reminded both of the hope and now also the peace to be found in our soon arriving Lord. Prince of Peace, reveal yourself to us today. We need peace in our lives, our homes, our families, our church, and our world. Help us to slow down and seek out the peace you provide so we may become peacemakers 
for ourselves and others. In your name, Jesus, Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. Please stand as we continue singing.
as I was thinking about peace the last couple of days, I was just thinking about how, you know, we can't necessarily conjure up peace on our own and in our in ourselves apart from God. You know, peace is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And so when we're thinking about peace and the person of Jesus, it's really a peace that we can receive and not something that we have to create on our own. And maybe that's why it is peace that passes understanding sometimes. So I just hope that we can, um, yeah, not take, not take credit for it and also just ask the Spirit to work peace in us and through us into the world. Let's sing the first Noel. God for this beautiful season and <clears throat> the snow outside that many of us were probably praying for. Thank you for um, this season in which we can look to you for hope and peace. And we just pray that even in different seasons <clears throat> that we're in in our lives, um, in sadness or doubt or great joy anticipation, illness, we just pray that we would seek you and that we would find you and that we would know that you are reaching out to us. I pray also for the offering this morning in a season that's challenging for a lot of people and even financially is, is tough. We just pray that you would continue to provide everything we need and that we would be willing to share and be generous with what we do have. In Jesus' name, amen.
let the worship team have a seat. And if you have your Bibles on you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, verses 3 to 5. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, and rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If you have your bulletins on you, you'll be able to see the different items that we'll be praying for this morning. I actually want to add one more on there. I want to pray for Henry and Agnes. Uh, Agnes's health, it seems, is deteriorating, and so we want to keep the Buchard family in our prayers, as they are in my personal prayers. Uh, so please bow with me in a word of prayer. Dear God, we come before you excited for who you are, excited for what it is that you have brought before and excited for what it is that you will bring again. God, your kingdom is the kingdom of peace. You are the prince of peace. And right now in our world, we, we know the need for peace as we haven't in years. So, God, we pray, come. Lord, we look forward to what it is that you will bring. And, Lord, we pray and act in us and through us that coming kingdom day by day. Lord, that we pray, and we look forward to seeing you work. God, we also come before you in celebration, particularly for Tyler Giesbrecht, who is going to be having his transplant coming up soon in the beginning of January, but he'll be going in for some pre-things before that. God, we thank you so very much that there was a donor that was found. God, we have been praying about this for so long. We have been tapping shoulders for so long. God, we thank you so very much that the donor was found, and Lord, we pray that the transplant will go well. We pray it will take, we pray that it is exactly what is needed to put his cancer behind him. Lord, we pray for healing for Tyler, but we say thank you and we look forward to seeing how you will work to continue healing him over the weeks to come. And God, we also want to come before you and pray for comfort. We want to pray for comfort for Henry and Agnes and the whole family right now. God, as Agnes's health continues to deteriorate, we want to pray that you will be seen more and more every day with them. With the family, God, we pray that you will put your hand of comfort on them. God, you will let your presence be known. There is such love, there is such the happiness from memories gone by, the experiences from life lived. God, we pray that the memories come flowing right now, 
And Lord, we pray, just be with the Buchard family. And God, we also want to pray for the Newfeld family now as well. As soon they will be having the funeral for Anne this afternoon. God, we pray that, again, the memories come flowing. God, we pray that it is exactly what is needed for closure. God, we pray that the family bonds closer now than they ever have before. We pray for all of those that are involved in the funeral. We pray it is the send-off she deserves. But God, we put the Newfeld family before you today as well as over the week to come. You are a God who is beyond all imagining. You are a God beyond all reckoning. You are a God beyond all things. And so we put these things before you today, knowing that they are exactly where they need to be at your feet. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Uh, if you're going for Children's Church, ages 3 to 12, then just head to the back. Your teachers are going to find you there. And as for the service this morning, Isaiah 40, verses 3 to 5. <sighs> Actually, we're going to read another passage first. You heard it read far better than I'm going to read it now, only a little bit ago, but John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Today is the second week of Advent. It is the week when we talk about peace. It is the week when we talk about just how God came before and brought peace with him of various different kinds. He will come again. And when he comes again, he will bring the everlasting peace that will be for all people for all time. And I suspect that this week is going to hit a bit different this year than it did last year or the year before because well, war is something that we can see a lot more presently now, isn't it? Violence is something that seems like it's on the upswing. What before maybe seemed a little bit more at arm's length now is much more in the front of our front of our minds. We pray for peace now, and it means something to us. We yearn for peace now, and while sometimes it can feel so very far away, sometimes it can make us feel so very powerless in the face of it, sometimes we can have trouble believing that God will deliver here at Advent, looking back, seeing what has happened before, there is comfort in that. There is empowerment in that. There is a way forward for us in that as well. 
And so Isaiah 40, 3 to 5, a passage that we have all heard many times before. There it starts. A voice of one calling in the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Probably some of your Bibles there say wilderness. And all throughout the Old Testament, there are many, many times where we find ourselves in the desert, where we find ourselves in the wilderness, isn't it? And all of them, we hear that voice calling of God that is pointing to him, that is, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to head towards. This is our God. The first one that comes to mind for many of us is right after Egypt, right after the the children of God escape from slavery there and they're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Another one that comes to mind isn't terribly many generations after that. Where after probably putting his neck a tad far out on the line by spitting in the face of the chosen uh, religion of the queen at the time, Elijah finds himself in the wilderness after really sticking it to the prophets of Baal. A wonderful story from 1 Kings. Highly recommend. There's also this here in Isaiah. After the chosen people found themselves in exile, And there is what we think of the most often when we think of the chosen in the wilderness. And that is John the Baptist coming forth, calling that the Lord is coming. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. Every time we come to the wilderness in the Bible, it comes with it a certain amount of apprehension, a certain amount of that fear of what's going on, a certain amount of what is next. While the people of our Lord escaped slavery because of the work of Moses and, more importantly, the work of God, they wandered 40 years not knowing what is going to happen next. In the same way, when Elijah ran away from the queen who put out a death warrant on him, he found himself running through the wilderness before finding himself on top of a mountain in such a bad repute that he wished his life would just end. He did not know what was going to come. In the same way that the people in exile didn't know had the Lord abandoned them, was that why they were here? In the same way that when John comes into the picture, the children of God were under the boot of the Romans and they didn't know what was to come. But in each of those situations, that voice called from the wilderness. Sometimes it was from the people, sometimes it was from God, but each time it was this, cleave close, make way, for the Lord has not forgotten you, for the Lord is coming. And so what 
can you do to make that time come? You can make it so that everything that is making it hard for the Lord to come is dealt with now. As the Israelites found themselves wandering in the desert for 40 years, they are given the law. This is how you are to be a mirror to all of the world, that this, you are the people of God. As Elijah finds himself on the mountain, God tells him, you need to go back because the people have turned, and through what you will do, they will see that I am still their God. Isaiah's, you find the Persians coming. And through that, the people see that God has not forgotten them. And through John, we get told, now is the time to deal with the sin in your life. Now is the time to repent. Now is the time to ready your hearts because soon Christ will come. And when he does, you want everything out of the way so that when the spark comes, it will light like a fire. Make straight a highway through the wilderness for God. Every valley be raised up, every mountain and hill be made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. Everything that is in your life that is keeping you from being focused on God, straighten it. Make it so there is no impediment at all. Everything in the world around us that is causing us to keep our eyes on anything but God, address them now. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Every time God has come, it has been to a people that have been in that state of needing peace more than anything else. Every time God has come, either through this act or that, or through actually the incarnation, a baby in the manger, he has brought a new understanding of what peace can be, what peace can mean, and what we need peace to be now. The world might be scary. We might find ourselves wondering what is coming next day by day. But the world has been scary before. The world has wondered what is coming day by day before. And the peace that our Lord brought was exactly what was needed then. And it is exactly what we need now. Often, 
when things are this way. It can be so easy to feel like we are insignificant in the face of it all, like nothing we can do really matters. Like, in the face of geopolitics, then what are we? We are the children of God. That is what we are. And so we know what it is that we are supposed to do now. We know what it is that we have to do in order to make this time where the peace of our Lord will come, come sooner. Make straight through the wilderness the highway for the Lord. Every valley we should raise up, every mountain and hill be made low. The rough ground we need to make level, the rugged places a plain. All things in our own lives, all things in the world around us that keep this violence going, that keep the war going, that keep us wanting to do poor things to our neighbors because that is who we are. Now is the time for us to deal with that. For then will come the time of our God. So my brothers and sisters, I ask you, just as John the Baptist asked all those that came to him all those years ago, preparing the way for the coming of Jesus Christ, preparing the way for the, the Savior to reign, what is it that is in your own life that you are holding on to that is keeping this world of peace from coming? That is keeping this world of peace from finding its way among us today? What are the sins that you are holding on to? Often we don't want to think of those two things as the same thing, as sin as the cause of violence, as sin as the cause of war, as sin as the cause of... What is sin? Sin are the ways that we have mucked up our relationship with God. They're the ways that we have mucked up our relationship with each other, with the rest of the world. How does anything but violence come from sin in our lives that we refuse to let go of? What are the things in your lives that cause you to look to the left while God is on your right? Deal with them this week. What are the things in your life that cause you to look down on your brother or to raise yourself up? Address them this week. What are the things in your life that cause you to see the world that God has made as disposable? Address them this week. For why should we expect peace to come if we are unwilling to be people who bring peace in our own lives and to those around us? Or how about how we deal with the world? While there is wars raging on all around us, and it's very easy to feel very small in the face of them. Here's the thing. We don't really need to care or deal too much with what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in Israel. 
There are plenty of people that know a lot more about those situations than we do. And there is violence going on in our town right now. And that, that is something we can deal with because that is something that is right next to us. What are the arguments that you know between people in your lives? Why don't you ask if you can help? What are the ways that people do not have something they need to get by? In this time of giving, why don't we ask how we can help? Who are the peacemakers in your life that the world is really not a fan of? What can you do to help? Go through the Beatitudes one by one. Each of these are people that to bring the kingdom of peace, to bring the kingdom of our God, to make way the coming of our Lord, we as Christ's followers need to be for. You can find that list in Matthew 5. This week, look at it and ask yourself, for each of them, what can you do to help? If we just deal with that, we just deal with what's going on in the town around us, if we just deal with our neighbors and put our hearts and our souls and shine the light of Christ there, that has a way of spreading farther, it has a way of spreading wider, it has a way of shedding the light of God on the world. We believe in a God that is all-powerful. We believe in a God who can do all things. So we believe in a God who can take that spark and fan it into a flame that will light the world on fire. Today, is the second Sunday of Advent. It is the Sunday of peace. As we saw when Christ came before a baby in a manger, as we saw how his ministry and how his church changed everything, as we see how now we are a people to bring peace I leave you with this. What are you doing to make way the coming of our Lord again? What are you doing this week to build the kingdom of peace? And in line with that, this week we are having communion. We often don't think of peace when we think of communion. But at the same time, what do we do in communion? We come together with our brothers and sisters. Not just our brothers and sisters that are here today, but our brothers and sisters that are in the church across our country, in the church across the world. We come together with our brothers and sisters who will have communion someday that isn't today. 
come together with our brothers and sisters who aren't even born yet and who have long since passed away because in this we are all joining together with our Lord. And we are told in 1 Corinthians, it is made abundantly clear that to take communion, to partake, you are to make things right with your brothers and sisters before you take it, because otherwise you are drinking judgment upon yourself. And often I think when we think of that passage, we kind of get really caught up with just our brothers and sisters today. How are we not wronging those who came before us if we make the world into less of the place our Lord wants it to be, right? How are we not out of communion with those that will come after us if we destroy the world? As we partake in communion today, we do so with the knowledge that it comes with an agreement that together we are building the kingdom, the coming kingdom of our Lord. That together we are followers of Christ Jesus. That together we are building that highway through the wilderness that we'll see when our Lord returns in all glory. And so, I'd like to ask up the deacons and let us partake together. We read in 1 Corinthians, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. At McGregor EMC, we believe that communion is open to all believers. If you have little ones with you, parents, I'd say make that call yourself. But I am happy to join in communion with all of you.
and together we eat. And together we drink. And I'd ask that also together you join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen this last song we'll sing is a continued invitation to come to the altar not only this morning in church and for communion but throughout the week that you can always return to jesus please stand as we sing
Our benediction today comes from the book of Philemon. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Go forth now and bring the peace of our Lord to everyone around you.